you will get tons and tons of phishing email about your Amazon orders, Mm -hmm. about your bank account being hit with things. I mean, this is the most wonderful time. (laughs) You're listening to the Help Me With HIPAA podcast where HIPAA and humor collide to make learning fun. Your delightful hosts are Donna Grindle and David Sims. Relax, HIPAA help is on the way. Welcome to episode 334 of the Help Me With HIPAA podcast. My name is David Sims of HIPAA for MSPs, and joining me is Donna Grindle of Carden. Are you full, Donna? Yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Yep, so uh, yesterday, as we were recording this, yesterday was Thanksgiving. So, um, plenty of leftovers. <laughs> yeah. Yep. When you visit my family, you never know what all you're going to get. One of my nephews is, uh, lives down in Georgia tech and he comes walking out of the Eaton house. Cause you know, we have a separate house to <laughs> the Eaton house. We, we have an Eaton house, but he comes walking out with three, big styrofoam to go boxes. Mm-hmm. And then everybody's like, what do you got? You know, this one on the bottom. He's like, we set the top two on the bottom one. Cause it won't close. It's a whole piece <laughs> of ham, like not sliced, but dad's worried that, that, you know, he's not going to have food. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So there's that. And then he goes back in for a minute. And next thing you know, he comes out with a whole, like, three quarters of an apple pie perched on top. And we're like, don't go back in, Will. Don't go back in. <laughs> wow. Yeah. We we had lunch and then, you know, the plan was let's all get back together around dinner time. And so <laughs> I started calling around about five 30. I'm like, well, what time are we doing dinner? And everybody's like, we can't do dinner. We're just nope. <laughs> no dinner. No yeah, so, yeah. so yeah, like like you, we just started packing everything in plates, and well, it'll be today's lunch. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to my annual Thanksgiving sandwich. Yeah, people think it's weird, but I have my own that I like, and you have to have the right consistency of stuffing, or. Oh. You know, not well. There's stuffing, and then there's dressing. Mm-hmm. You know, but I I need the one that's not crumbled. It's thick. Yeah, the dressing. Yeah, and and that's on there. A little mayo, uh, turkey, and the out of a can cranberry sauce. That there you, you just go. Slice off. Put that on there. You know. Now you're talking. You can throw some cheese in there if you want, but you know, it's got to have at least those three components. Yeah, sounds sounds good. Cranberry sauce is one of those things that's interesting because either you love it or you hate it. There's no in between. Oh, and then there's you're okay with the canned stuff. You only have the canned stuff, or you only have the not canned stuff. Mm-hmm. Where you have to actually have the cranberries. I'm fine yeah. with all of them, but on a sandwich, it gets a little unruly if it's juicy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's uh when we do it there's only there's only 3 people in my family that'll eat cranberry sauce, but we all bring our own individual can because we eat the whole can. <laughs> <laughs> so when you say we, you must be one of them. I am one of them and I'll bring my own can 
and I'll eat the entire can of cranberry sauce. <laughs> oh, I can't say I'd do that. <laughs> I, I I I couldn't commit to a whole can now. Yeah, I have to I have to slice it, and and I have to. The weird thing is, I have to eat it with my dressing. It has to be like in, on the same fork at the same time. <laughs> so my sandwich would work for you. It, it's pretty much a sandwich on a fork. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, it's a breadless sandwich. Is what it is. Yeah. Oh, so um, a lot of the dressing is a bread. It is. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but uh, but anyway, uh, so we're you know we're recovering from the food coma that is Thanksgiving. But uh, today we're going to talk about securing your sass. Yeah, secure your sass. That's Watch right. your sass. Don't be sassy. <laughs> you got to be sassy in today's world. <laughs> yeah. You just got to make sure you secure your sass. That's right. Cover your sass. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> cover your sass. That may be it. Yep. Yep. Um, first, before we get into that, thanks to the donors and those people that listen to us every single week. As we drop nuggets of wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> nuggets or something. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. If you don't know already, you should. On 2-22 of 22 <laughs> will be the next HIPAA boot camp. We'll be via Zoom once again. And then um, something special for later on in the year in uh, September. <laughs> September 12th. That's right. We're doing a live in-person privacy and security boot camp. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I don't even know if we're ready to drop everything we're doing yet on that I one, know. but it's well, it's going to be amazing. It's looking great. Just know Louisville, September the 12th, that week, and Bourbon and Breaches. Just know that. Yep. It's so, going to be uh, fun. So Donna went... To Louisville and um, took one for the, the team, buddy. Took one look, for the team. Looked at the places and sent me pictures of all the stuff. I was like, dude, that looks cool. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> wait until you see it all. So we we are putting together a really cool in person boot camp, but taking it to the next level, mm-hmm. so that if you. Uh, you know, if you've heard us talk before, we had to limit our boot camp so much. So we're finding ways to allow more people. So our goal, our goal is to be able to allow like 75 instead of 15 to 20. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if we'll hit that number, but we'll be able to allow at least 50, I think. With the the plan we have in place, so oh yeah, oh yeah. There's some and, more uh, of some things. There's new things and a little bit less of some other things, but I think it's going to be great. Oh yeah, I have no doubt it will be mm. fun. Mm. Um, so pay attention to that one if you're interested. Certainly want to get on the list because it will be the first, and uh, it's going to be amazing. So mm-hmm. can't wait to to see how that turns out. And uh, yes. meet everybody's smiling faces once again <laughs> in person. <laughs> That's why we moved it to September. So we could, like, hopefully by then be able to, without worry, uh, have a in-person conference and really be able to. Uh, and it will still be a boot camp. 
none of this uh, playing around. You come to a thing in the morning and then you go play golf. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's not what we're talking about. It's a boot camp. You will be busy from like 8 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. Mm -hmm. Maybe later, depending on what comes up. (laughs) And uh, and if you've never been to any of our stuff, just know we don't feed you a bunch of why without telling you the how. Mm -hmm. And this will be no different. It's not going to be a bunch of, uh, yeah, you should do this, you should do this, you should do this. It's going to be, you should do this, and this is how you do it. There will be actionable things that you walk away with. Some people actually start doing things, send messages to the office to start doing things differently while they're in the boot camp. Mm-hmm. So, yes, we will not have it if we can't make it be actionable items, regardless of what your role is. So, yeah. And just so you know, either one of them, really, it's not just for healthcare. So Mm-mm. if you're an MSP and you're doing business with healthcare providers, if you're an accountant, if you're a lawyer, if you're doing anything around compliance, privacy, or security, because we have some people that come to our boot camps and they're like, HIPAA doesn't apply to me, but the privacy and security stuff you guys do is fantastic. And so they come for that. So. Uh, and by then, everybody's going to be figuring out <laughs> that uh, you're going to have to prove it. Yeah. Yeah. We're starting to see a lot more of uh, things that just goes to show HIPAA is the floor. And if you have a problem doing the little bit HIPAA asks you to do, <laughs> you just wait. You just wait till mm-hmm. you see what other people are starting to ask you to do. Yeah. It, it's becoming obvious that this will be soon spreading. Anyway, be not, a pandemic of compliance. That's right. <laughs> a pandemic of requirements. I'm, yeah, really. Really, and it won't be anybody enforcing it other than uh, if you do business-to-business work, it will be enforced Yeah, by your clients. Yeah, because they're just going to say, well, we'll just find another vendor that will do these things. Yep. Well, so good. jump on board. Good. Yeah. All right. Anything else? No, I'm ready to roll. All right, let's do it. I'm not here for say what? (laughs) (laughs) All right, the video (laughs) clip of that's worth it just to see you do that. Okay, well, we had two things uh, that I picked up. Uh, One is that HC3 published a explanation on zero-day attacks, and it's certainly... Uh, well worth evaluating it to learn about that. But the fact that, you know, there's always the impact on the HPH. Mm-hmm. And HPH is what we always talk about when we're talking about 405D, HPH, all this kind of stuff. But it is the healthcare and public health sector, meaning all of us. <laughs> They're pointing out the zero days are being used a lot, and it gives you some explanation on the zero days. We'll have a link to that. I think it has some really good information in it, but we hit a lot of that information here often, but it's something good for you to use to share with others. But their point is, don't let your guard down now. It's the holidays, and it ain't going to get better. Yeah. But the next one, is really into HIPAA say what? We always tell people, 
you are criminally liable for some HIPAA violations. Criminal. Not playing around, not negotiating a settlement. No. Mm -hmm. It's a crime. And you can go to jail for up to, what, 10 years and a $200,000 fine. So imagine that. Mm -hmm. You get to wear orange for a long time. (laughs) So if orange is not your color, keep that in mind when you're snooping. (laughs) Because snooping can be, you know, one of those things that falls under the criminal aspects because that is the malicious intent. And and a few other areas. So one of the hospitals in New York just announced a uh, a data breach that they notified uh, a bunch of patients. How many was the total? I don't even remember 13, now. Thirteen thousand. Like, cha-ting. Mm-hmm. And we'll have to see how all this pans out. But they have notified them that a night shift employee. <laughs> when you're not looking, trouble's a cooking. A night shift employee improperly accessed electronic medical patient records February 2019. They determined that this was happening, that they, without role based authorization, between October 2018 and February 2019. So, must be the whole time they worked there, the whole time they worked the night shift. Yeah. They were suspended, then terminated, but they also notified law enforcement. So we don't know what prompted that, but generally there's, you know, you bring in law enforcement, you bring in law enforcement because malicious intent. Yeah. And this is a long way from today. Yeah. And they they said that they held the notifications as a request of law enforcement. We'll have to Hmm. see because we've seen people say that. That it is interesting that they specifically point out a night shift employee. <laughs> yeah, not not your normal. Uh, yeah. So they only give you a little bit of information, but then they say they work with law enforcement and it has now resulted in an individual criminally charged. So, I, you know, normally under normal HIPAA regulations, the DOJ it gets a referral from OCR for the criminal charges. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of gray area in this one because it doesn't sound like you would normally hear it. I think we're going to learn some interesting little caveats to this statement that we said this, but this is what it really happened. So there's a lot more to this somewhere. I'm going to be watching for it because, nah, something doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Yet again, one that doesn't completely make sense and line up with HIPAA. So we don't know <laughs> we don't know who's criminally charged. If they are criminally charged, which is what they say in their press release, who charged them? Was it under state law? Because New York has state privacy laws, but it says HIPAA HIPAA violations normally go from OCR to DOJ. So it gets kind of complicated. Yep, we're gonna be watching it. HIPAA say what? What? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Anything to add on the criminal charges there, Mr. Sims? Nothing on that. No, I will add to the previous one, though, that uh, from now to the end of the year, 
if we don't say this enough, and hopefully we we will, <laughs> but you better have your guard up because yeah. you will get tons and tons of phishing email about your Amazon orders, mm-hmm. about your bank account being hit with things. I mean, th- this is the most wonderful time. <laughs> so <laughs> just be on the lookout because the criminals will be trying to increase their Black Friday income as well. <laughs> I know. I mean, during when I was with with the fam uh, yesterday, all of the phones kept going off and everybody complaining about spam. It has become that active on your phones. Mm-hmm. So just remember that. When you're like, oh, I don't have to worry about PHI on my phones, but I'm going to talk to all of my patients and handle my email, and I got my messaging app, and yeah. Anyway. Well, yeah, and, and also, I saw an article yesterday, something about you know tens of thousands of Android phones are oh, bre- yeah. breached and compromised because of an app or something like that. So just remember when your employees and other people will come into your office and they're connecting to the Wi-Fi that's also connected to the machines that have PHI on them. <laughs> and you could be in for a, a bad day. Yeah. So that should be on your risk analysis. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't it? Yes, it, it should. should. Okay. So to the topic of today. Yes. What gave me the idea of doing this? First of all, we've talked about doing it several times and, I was struggling last night going, hey, uh, oh, I don't have a plan for manana. <laughs> <laughs> and so in trying to figure stuff out, I woke up this morning going, hey, you know, I saw this article. When will security frameworks catch up with the new cybersecurity normal? And in that article, they were discussing, rightly so, that if you're going to focus on using frameworks and things like HIPAA and NIST and ISO and all of these kind of frameworks, the frameworks can't keep up because of what the frameworks are required. We know, being Mm -hmm. on the 405D group now, what it requires to get something out the door. (laughs) A lot. Yeah, and a lot of disagreement. (laughs) (laughs) We won't go into that. But, uh, (laughs) so... At the core, we always say, you know, the frameworks are all like we treat HIPAA. It's not check the box. You don't use it for check the box. You use it, you do an assessment of your risk, but then you don't use just these controls. And that's the one where everybody who says, well, I prefer to use a control framework. Well, the control framework then has to catch up. They're the same. You know, the the approvals for those frameworks are not a lot different, although they come out more often sometimes with SIS, but still, it it is an ongoing process. So you can't treat the framework as this is my checklist of things to do. Mm-hmm. You have to treat it with here are all the things I need to worry about and I need to keep worrying about them. And try to make sure that whether it's listed in the framework or not, or listed in the controls or not, do I handle this risk? That's where we go back to, is what is this threat, how big is it, and what should I do about it? So, I'm thinking, the point it made was none of this stuff handles SAS. 
Hmm. And software as a service, SaaS, is what we so often hear people say is, I don't have to worry about HIPAA because I'm in the cloud. Don't SaaS me, boy. <laughs> you better watch your SaaS. <laughs> I'll be coming up on you. So how many times do you hear that, David? We don't have to worry about security because we're in the cloud. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, your head's in the cloud or up your, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> up, your, up your sass. Yeah. <laughs> Don't have your head stuck up your sass. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. It's not no, the be all end all. No. no. I mean, there's, we've talked about this many times, but there's definitely good be, in going to the cloud in some cases because you are outsourcing some of the things that uh, need to be done, but you also have to make sure they're still done. It just means that somebody else is doing some of the things, not all of the things. So for you, for you out there that says, but my EHR is in the cloud and they're doing HIPAA for me. And I'm like, mm. no, mm. you obviously don't understand what your no, you responsibilities don't. are. <laughs> well, and, and, and I think just like MSPs need to do a better job of defining that this is a shared responsibility model. Oh, yeah. Yeah. MSP, uh, I don't know. Do we want to get on that? No. Nah. Anyway, but, but it, yeah, it's the MSPs. same thing with the SAS. Mm hmm. Of, well, we tell them it's their response. No, what you do is you put that on something that they have to go, yes, approve. <laughs> I yeah. agree. Well, the problem with SAS, because for everything it solves, it creates other issues, I believe. Well, isn't that about most things, though? Yeah. I fix it, it one is. problem, but it creates new ones. Right. And it's, and it's inherent with that decision. So when you go, I'm going to move to the cloud, I'm going to use AWS or Microsoft Azure or whatever else, just know that the biggest problems with that is that people don't know how to properly set it up and secure it. So mm -hmm. although you're there, Microsoft is saying to you, glad you're on our platform. However, it's up to you, shared responsibility model. It's up to you to configure it properly because we don't know how you want it configured. Right. Now they are making progress. Whereas before you would turn it on and all the security was turned off. <laughs> yeah. And then they'd be like, well, you need to go secure that. At least now it by default includes a certain level of security, mm -hmm. but still not what you need. Yeah. Even if you're just a small business. But even if it is on, you need to verify it. Because, you know, not that I've ever seen times when I've had to turn something off and back on just to get it to work. <laughs> that that happens. <laughs> you know, but the, the good things about the SaaS apps are some of that is uh, handled by somebody else. But you mm -hmm. need to make sure that they actually handle it, number one, because not all of them are made the same. Number two is... You need to make sure you know where the line is between what their responsibility and what's yours. Mm -hmm. And then number three is then you build your security protocols, the audits, the controls, the all of the things that we normally talk about. You still build them instead of on a server. You do it on the cloud apps. Yeah. Yep. So no magic wand, inky dinky do. Mm -mm. Uh, it's all done. But... I usually use Inky Dinky Do as a curse, not a. <laughs> that's my curse. Anyway, so we just wanted to hit on some of these concepts. Now, the the two big ones 
that all businesses generally, if if they're involved in some sort of SaaS that isn't their core business application, it's going to be Microsoft 365 or Google Workspace or whatever they're calling those two apps these days. Yeah. <laughs> they do change names. Between those two, and please, we, we already talked about the fact that there is not one that's HIPAA compliant and one that's not. There's pros and cons to both. Yep. So anybody that tells you you have to use Microsoft is a Microsoft shop. <laughs> I was going to say, they're not making money on Google. That's why they're telling you that. Right. <laughs> so Google Workspace can be secure, can be used, and Microsoft 365 can be secure, can be used. There's nothing different from that perspective of can it's all about knowing how to do it. And so many folks will say, well, I only know how to do this one. So that's the one I'm going to tell you you have to use. Yeah. Well, yeah. My thing is, if that's the case, then tell your client that. Look, mm -hmm. you can use either one of them. However, we are proficient in this one. Yeah. So just know that. Make your choice. Understand that. It's the same thing we do for firewalls. Somebody comes up and says, I want X brand of firewall. Well, we can figure that out, but we support this brand of firewall. This is where we do our thing. So mm -hmm. if you want us to do our best, we need to be over here. If you want to do this other thing, then we'll do we'll do our best, but it ain't going to be as good because we don't know that environment. Yeah. So make a choice. And almost always they'll go, well, let's do what, you know, it's like if you take a you take a Toyota to a Honda dealership, like, yeah, we can work on it, but we know Hondas. Like yeah. We can work on Hondas in our, in our sleep. We'll try to figure this Toyota out. It's the same take thing your with, Jeep to a Honda dealership. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, it's, you know, it's kind of the same thing in technology. There, there's tons of brands out there, just like there's tons of vehicle brands. And so you can't know everything about all of them. So you find something that you want to dive deep into. This That's the difference between, as some people say, a generalist and a specialist. There you go. The, the MSPs that come out and say, well, yeah, we can handle anything for anybody. Those kind of scare me a little bit. <laughs> um, you know, they're good generalists, but they don't have a deep knowledge of any one thing. So depending on your issue, they may be okay for you. They may not be. Well, you used to be able to do that, you know, but in today's world, you really, I just don't see that that's a thing. Yeah. Well, we see the same thing also when it gets to compliance. There, People have a general understanding of mm -hmm. HIPAA or PCI or whatever the other ones, but they don't know enough to really give you good advice. Let's <laughs> 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 just say it that way. At least the kind um, of advice you need if you get in trouble. Yeah. And we've certainly seen a number of people that aren't in the compliance world that will give compliance advice. Um, so, oh yes, I've been in HR for 13 years and I can tell you that this is a hip hop, ha ha ha. ha. <laughs> we just saw that one where it was two P's yeah. and two, what was it? Two P's and two, two A's. Two P's and two A's and they couldn't even spell compliance right. Yeah. Um, hello. Hip -ha 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 -ha. Yeah. Compliance. And you know, the sad thing is there are some MSPs out there that you know, they, I see them on these forums. We talked about it earlier. They're they're looking for information. Like I, I need to know how to handle this properly. 
and other MSPs will jump out there and just give the worst advice you could possibly imagine yeah. about how they should handle it. And I feel so bad for these MSPs because they're trying to figure things out to do it properly. And you got people that talk with authority mm-hmm. <laughs> that are given the worst freaking advice ever. This yeah. going to end up getting them in, in a lot of Speaking trouble. Speaking of that, let's be clear about one thing. The work you do makes you a business associate, not signing the contract. Anybody gives you advice that says just don't sign the BAA and then you don't have to worry about HIPAA is wrong. 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 <laughs> so just <laughs> reference our previous conversation. Nobody, You don't need to know any more than that. Just just know that. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we see that a lot. Mm-hmm. Or the other way, just sign it. That's all you have to do for HIPAA. Just sign it. <laughs> I don't know which one drives me more crazy. But so we're going to have some links here because if you're using Microsoft 365 or Google Workspace, both of them offer guides and tools for you to confirm what you're supposed to be doing and and what your rules are. And we both have dealt with both tools. And so, for example, there is the rules. I'm on the uh, Google admin page just on the rules where I can have it, you know, a employee spoofing uh, something and trying to use your Gmail uh, for spam. It'll It'll alert us. It'll alert us if... It looks like there's a suspicious login or there's a TLS failure, which that's a thing, long story, but we're not going to go into those details. But the point is even an unusually high volume of user reported spam, it has a long list of capabilities that you can set. And Microsoft has the same thing, just done a different way. But go, and you have to know what those are. You don't just assume. (laughs) (laughs) You should go through and define your controls in your SaaS environments, just like you you define controls in your local environment. Mm -hmm. So that's on those two. And, you know, if if you are still using Exchange, please don't. (laughs) <laughs> self-hosted exchange get don't yeah. but not unless you're really got a lot of money to secure it yeah but then the next one we hear a lot about are when we go to the vendor and they say you don't have to worry about us we're on aws <laughs> what do you say to that david i just shake my head it's like you know, I already know that uh, I don't, th- I probably can't get anywhere even talking to this person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's yeah. like, no, 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 that is not how it works. <laughs> no. And, and I really like, you know, one, one of the things that AWS does is they have a page, which we'll have a link to so that you can use it, that does show that it is a, they say right up front. This is a shared responsibility model. Mm-hmm. And they they even have a really nice little chart that shows I know, this I like is this what chart. I love I mean when I first time I saw it I was like 
finally an easy way to try to explain this. Yeah. But it it says these are the things that are the customer's responsibility. And right at the top, the very first thing it says is the customer's responsibility is customer data. Yeah. Yeah. That's on you. <laughs> That's on you. The, you know, there's all these layers that it's like, this is your responsibility. So if a vendor tells you, you don't have to worry about us, we use AWS, you do have to worry about them doing the customer responsibility part. Mm -hmm. So then you say, oh, you're on AWS? How do you handle the shared responsibility model? And then, <laughs> and then they're like, well, we'll have to get back to you. <laughs> yeah. But it, I... I'm a big fan of this, and anybody could take this and in a SaaS model be able to find the same stuff, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's draw the line the same way. I like it. Yeah. But you got to secure the AWS part. You got to secure your data part, all of these other things, and there should be controls in place, not just, hey, check a box. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I'm a box checking fiend. <laughs> <laughs> but they include, you know, all kinds of options like, you know, consider employing the AWS cloud adoption framework. They have a framework. Hmm. AWS service documentation. So they, they have some really good stuff trying to be sure that you have what you need and how many people have gone to this site and Gotten, gotten, obtained the information. <laughs> <laughs> that that would be the big question I have is let me let me see how you have addressed the shared responsibility model, because that in itself is is what we're saying when you secure your SaaS, you should do is share. Mm -hmm. Sharing is caring. <laughs> So what other SaaS things should we worry about, David? Ooh, there are many. Um, many. First one that comes to mind is EHR. I mean, that's, you know. <laughs> yeah. How many times have we heard that the EHR is doing this, the EHR is doing that, or the vendor is doing it? And in some cases, even the vendors are telling you they're doing it. <laughs> They've done our risk analysis. I know. <laughs> Which, really? you know, thankfully, I don't hear it as much anymore. I don't know about you, but it used to, it was terrible how often I would hear, you know, we moved to a cloud-based EHR. We don't have to do HIPAA anymore. Like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Make it stop. Yeah. But then <laughs> when you talk to some of the salespeople for the EHR, they're like, yeah, that's correct. They don't need to do this anymore because we have their data. And I'm like, no. <laughs> no. Are you controlling all access or... Are you deciding who should have access? Do you manage? I mean, there's so many things, and it all gets back to check the box. Mm -hmm. So no, no's the answer. What about accounting? Whew. Yeah, let's see, we got uh, QuickBooks Online, which I can tell you a horror story about that. But <laughs> see, there's a zero, uh, FreshBooks. Uh, I mean, there's a bunch of other ones. Yeah. Couldn't couldn't name them all, but those are your your big ones. But certainly, uh, those are going to have information in them uh -huh. that uh, that would be tied to PHI. Well, or 
key to keeping your business up and running. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean. It's confidential information either way. Yeah. And, you know, because rem- remember, a lot of the parts of HIPAA aren't just about protecting PHI, but making sure that PHI is available, which means your business is up and running. Yeah. The other thing to consider, too, uh, and this kind of goes through every aspect of these cloud things, is that people don't often realize how many other applications they're linking to oh, these yeah. cloud. I mean, it's whether it's your Gmail, Microsoft Mail, EHRs, accounting packages, people are quick. And I used to do this, too. But I'd be quick to say, oh, look at this automation I can do between this and this. And, you know, you create this link between the two. Well, now guess what? Now you've created another vulnerability that has to be managed, another mm-hmm. risk that has to be assessed. Mm-hmm. And and those things can often be forgotten. How often do we go through and go, I wonder what still has access to my Google account or my Microsoft account? Mm-hmm. And you go in and you're looking like, dude, I hadn't used that calendar thing in years that I connected to my thing. Yet it's still sitting there connected. Yeah, it's still sitting there and it still has access to everything. So let me, you know, let me break that connection. But that's another thing that sneaks up on people, all the things you tie into stuff. Uh Now, when you are cleaning that up, take it from one who has (laughs) experienced this, (laughs) be sure that you know that you aren't using it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Before you turn it off and then you're like, oh, now all these other things aren't working because <laughs> that has happened to me. I'm like, well, we're, we're not using that. Yeah. Yeah. You just call it something else now. Well, so. I went through, this has been a couple of years ago, but I went through my mail account and I was looking at everything connected to my mail and my calendar. Mm-hmm. I had stuff from five or six years ago. Mm-hmm. That, you know, back when we didn't have to worry about so much stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that I'm like, I forgot that I even, you know, I connected something in there because I was testing it out just to see, you know, and I connected it mm-hmm. and then I connect this other thing and I connect this other thing. And then, you know, then I'm using Zapier to connect other things. And then I got this other stuff I got somewhere else. And it's like, oh my gosh, look at all this mess that has <laughs> access to my email. Yeah. And and they don't pay attention because how many people actually read the details of what access you're giving when you do that? I mean, there's yeah. some tools. I love them, but I can't get enough information about how the app developer is securing things, and I just – I can't. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're using – you're using this – calendar app and it's like we need to be able to read your emails and i'm like why <laughs> <laughs> yeah i always love that you know but it, it is something that everyone should understand is that is a huge value of all the SaaS apps because you can connect them there the term api means something you know, REST API, RESTful, you know, there's all of these terms, but the bottom line is it's easy to connect this stuff now, mm-hmm. you know, and, and when it gets disconnected, once you got it, people notice, you know, or what? when you connect it the wrong way and it jacks up the, 
<laughs> other app, people uh -huh. notice. Or you're connecting things, but you're not updating them because you don't know they're connected anymore. You know, uh -huh. There have been breaches that have happened because of third-party connectivity things, stuff you bolted on to something caused yeah. the breach. So that's why there's a lot of discussion about making software developers give you kind of like a list of ingredients. Mm -hmm. You know, that they have to account for all the third parties, all of the open source, where they've pulled everything from. Yep. And uh, so there's definitely those pieces. And there are many, many different business models that have their own core business applications. Oh, yeah. And we yeah, run I'll into do. the people that, well, we'll just say that they believe they know better than everybody else how to develop software, so they develop their own. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, and then there are ones that are on legacy stuff, and they found programmers to continue to maintain it because they like it and they don't want to get off it. Those kind of core business apps. But there's a big one that makes news a lot, particularly this year. Mm -hmm. Solar Winds, Kaseya. Let's talk about securing that SaaS because uh, it, it, it's going to be some level of SaaS, right? Uh, yeah. Well, it can. It can be, you know, on-prem, but yeah, there's um, MSPs, mostly mostly IT and MSPs. It can be internal IT as well, but they use a product called RMM, which is Remote Monitoring and Management. And the RMM is the software that, that we put on the system so that it reports back to us and gives us all this data so that we can monitor and manage your system. <laughs> <laughs> And no, uh, we're not looking at where you go. No, no, it's not that type of monitoring. <laughs> all the people that freak out about that. Oh, can't yeah, there's some do that, that do. That. Yeah, you can't look at all the porn I'm looking at. But the the thing about this, this software is fantastic for what it's able to do. It's also scary for what it's able to do. But it gives people like me that that's an MSSP or MSP. It gives us the ability to remotely monitor and manage all of your systems, all your processes, update things. We can see when things are not updated. We can see when systems haven't been rebooted. We can see all these things because, you know, you need to see what's happening. We can push out scripts of things and, and schedule stuff to happen when you're not there. And I mean, just fantastic. When you're stuff. working, I can be doing things behind the scenes. Yeah. You know, fantastic. However, you don't even know I'm there when you're there, <laughs> <laughs> which is part of the scary thing. The problem with this is that this software has the ability to do everything, fully control your computers mm -hmm. because hey, that's what we're there for as IT folks. We're there to help yeah. you and we have to have full control. So these things need to be secured. And if they are not secured properly, whether it's from internal threats, external threats, it can be a bad, bad day. <laughs> In so many ways. In a lot of ways. Because if somebody, if a bad guy is able to get into my RMM, they now have access to every single client network that I manage. Mm -hmm. That's what keeps me up at night. <laughs> And the, and the bad thing is, you know, for a client to say, okay, well, I'm going to protect myself from that happening by my MSP. Well, the way you, only way you can do that 
is that you have to authorize the MSP access in every single time. And we go back to, okay, mm-hmm. now I can only do things when you're at work and I can't do things automated when you're not at work. Yeah. And, so, and you'll have to sit there and babysit the computer because if I need anything else to happen, you'll have to be there. Yeah. So there's, there's no good way around it is a big no. problem. Talk about security being inconvenient. <laughs> <laughs> well, it used to be inconvenient. Then it became convenient. And then it became co- so convenient it was no longer secure. Yeah. So there you go. Got to gotta balance it. But yeah, you certainly need to, if you're, if you're using an RMM, of course, a lot of people have it. They just don't know it. <laughs> so if you, you've got an MSP, you've probably got an RMM sitting there. Yeah, you should add. And those things should stay up to date. Oh, yes. You, yep. I mean, the good thing about a SAS is most of the time they're updating and fixing constantly. Yeah. You know, these things just roll out. Let's talk about this one. And I don't, I don't know if we already have it on the list or not, but remote access tools. Yeah. Well, it kind of falls under the... Go ahead. The, talk about that. The number of times that I see companies using old, outdated remote access tools is mind-boggling. Yeah. Using old rats. Using old rats. So give us some uh, some examples of the ones that so people can know. So the, the most common ones are LogMeIn, uh, TeamViewer, Splashtop. VNC. VNC. Oh, gosh. VNC. <laughs> Uh, let's see, Screen Connect, mm-hmm. ConnectWise Control. There's all these different ones. So any of those that basically allow you to work remotely where you're connecting to your computer. If you're still using a remote desktop, you should be taking out a shot. Don't use remote desktop. <laughs> Certainly not publicly available. That's for yeah. sure. Um, but that's those types of platforms. We have a client that during an audit that we did of their software, I found out they were using a very old version of TeamViewer installed on their computers. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I mean, we're talking like five versions back oh. old. And so yeah. I contacted the client and I'm like, we need to get this either updated or removed. And come to find out one of their line of business application support vendors requires them to use that specific version of team viewer in order to give them support. No. So I'm like, well, we've got a problem here because Mm -hmm. this needs to be gone. This is a problem. Mm -hmm. And you know, what, what are they going to do? And this wasn't a small vendor, by the way, Mm -mm. that they're dealing with. This was a big vendor. Yes. And, and they're making them use very outdated, very unsecured and leaving it on the systems, no. So we we talked through some some options to uh, mitigate it, but they still are using the old the old software. But um, you know now they have to go through a few more hoops to get it to work. But just uh-uh. stuff like that, it's terrible. Or I used to say that I could always tell how many IT companies came before me by how many remote access tools <laughs> were left on there. Because yeah. it's it's amazing how many times the the IT vendor will be um, 
fired or go or they go away for whatever reason and all the remote access stuff is still left there or other software is still left on there because mm-hmm. people just install stuff all the time just install 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 and then when you start having the conversation about hey let's look at cleaning things up and they're like oh i didn't know that was on there oh i put that on there three years ago you know it's yeah. just like golly for everything yeah. you put on your system every single thing has vulnerabilities every single piece of software has risks so keep it clean and, and keep it lean <laughs> and keep it patched. <laughs> That's right. But you know, and that, that brings up another point is although there are many SAS apps out there for a good example is Canva. Okay. Canva's mm-hmm. great. A lot of people use it. I use it, but it has a local version that connects to the SAS. Mm. Yeah. And it's qu- it's quite handy because, you know, I can do some things locally and then let it upload and update. And there are a wide variety of them that allow you that second piece now. So, mm-hmm. you know, we go back and forth, client server, client. But the net of it is, even though you may have a SaaS app, there may be installed applications that connect to the SaaS app. They could be, you know, sassy local, but (laughs) your desktop could be sassy at the same time. Mm -hmm. So you've got to keep those in mind. And then one other big sass thing we have to bring up, and we hate it. Yeah, I can't stand it. Social media. Because all of them are sass. And all your mm-hmm. businesses today, they have some sort of social media presence, almost all of them. I don't know many businesses today that, that could do, you know, what we do without some sort of social media presence. Yeah. Yeah. It's become a marketing platform. Yeah. Or a customer connection, you know. <laughs> a, a, the ones who say, come to our Facebook group to get support, make me want to poke my eyes out. But there are plenty of those cases. So when we talk about social media, if your account is taken over (laughs) because it wasn't secured with uh, proper tools, then your marketing (laughs) now is being run by somebody else. Your customer connections are now being run by somebody else. (laughs) <laughs> those are SaaS tools too. Don't mm-hmm. forget to secure them as well. Yep. Even if you're an individual. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Even if you're an individual. <laughs> Even if your dad does cybersecurity, you should That's do right. it too. That's right. So when we talk about securing them, what are some of the important things that we recommend that you have to cover your SaaS? Um, go back to flip phones. <laughs> <laughs> then they'll still gonna want to text you an SMS code, you know, something like that. <laughs> well, mm. I mean, the number one thing is it's still nothing's replaced it yet. It's MFA. Yeah, MFA, two FA, whichever one MFA, two FA, many FAs. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the, most platforms are now to the point where you can do that. Not mm. all, but most platforms offer it. So, you know, use 
Google Authenticator, Microsoft Authenticator, LastPass Authenticator, Authy. Authy. Yeah. There's Whatever. So many. Pick, pick one. Just don't pick one in China. <laughs> <laughs> so many people have no idea they do. Well, it's free. Yeah. 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 Same thing with VPNs and all that stuff. But, yes. So, if they offer the ability to do multi-factor authentication, you want to turn it on. If they offer multiple ways to do it, you want to use an authenticator app mm-hmm. first. And the only time to use the SMS version is if that's the only one they'll give you. And unfortunately, some of them, that's the only one they'll give you. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've seen some where the only one is the email version, which is drives me nuts. But <sighs> yeah. um, just yeah. know, just know, I gave a warning about this in a previous episode. Don't know which one it was. But if you use 2FA, MFA, you have the app on your phone. Before you go and wipe that phone, <laughs> you better back up that app or you are be in for a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one of the reasons I switched to using the LastPass Authenticator is because it does back it up and move it. You know, mm-hmm. not all of them will. Yep. So you lose your phone, you lose your, so you, you, the, how many people turn it on and then they give them the OTPs, the one-time password, mm-hmm. right? Or the, they call them OTPs, TOT, whatever. And then they don't save them. Yeah. So you got, you got to save them. Yeah. You know, those are the things that you use to get in to reset and, and those kind of things. Because once you have this on, you're secure. So once you're secure, even you can't get in unless you're prepared to do these things. So, yes, but that's the number one thing for all SaaS applications, period. If you use a SaaS application, turn on MFA. I made a mistake a few years ago. of got a new phone. I thought that my MFA program was backing up to the cloud. So I would just install it and all that. So anyway, I get my new phone, put all my apps on there. And in my rush, (laughs) because everything happens when there's a rush Mm -hmm. (laughs) in my rush to get this phone to my old phone, to hand it down to another person, I wiped it. Then I went and logged into my MFA to which it said, we ain't got no data for you. (laughs) (laughs) We don't know what you're talking about. I had to go, oh my gosh, it took days mm-hmm. to get all this stuff set back up. I mean, it was a nightmare. <laughs> I was so mad. So you need so, to understand your authenticator's apps. Mm-hmm. And some of them require you to use specific ones. Microsoft, I'm talking about you. Mm-hmm. That you must use a Microsoft Authenticator app in some cases. You must use this kind of app in others. I do not care for that, but I'd rather have multiple apps than not have it on. So there you go. So that's huge. That's the number one thing to do. If you aren't doing that, that should be like your top priority is to get that implemented. Yep. Second thing is least privilege. Don't give everybody rights to do everything because security is not supposed to be convenient. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, make sure you're logging things. Make sure you're doing audits. 
There's a thing called DLP, data loss prevention. Uh, how do you explain DLP? It's kind of like, uh, uh, we're going to tell you something looks weird. Yeah. And and they all work a little different. Some of them are smarter than others. Some of them are smarter sass than others. <laughs> yeah, sass. smart sass. <laughs> uh, but the well, idea the other- is, is it tells you when things are like, if I send an email and it looks like it might have a social security number in it, it stops and says, clarify this because this shouldn't go. That kind of yeah. stuff. Another thing too, that I see that happens a lot in this, in the SAS model is we don't want to pay for multiple licenses of users. So we just mm-hmm. get one account Yes. And we pay for one account and then we give it to everybody. So yeah. gone is the unique identifier mm-hmm. to understand who's doing what. Yeah. Now we'll tell you. So there are times where you know you you there's some tools that will allow you to only have one person with the ability to log in and be the master of everything. Mm-hmm. And that is bad because what happens if something happens to that person? Mm-hmm. But I need to have 2FA on that. And if you have 2FA or MFA, whatever you want to call it, then often now that person's the only one that can get into it. So th- there's a lot of layers of problem here. So for those of you who are eager enough, there are ways for two different people to have multi-factor authentication to the same account. Yep. I'm just going to say, for those of you who say, well, we can't turn it on because we have to do X, Y, and Z, it's not something you should do on everything, but, like, we have an account set up for Murphy, the mascot, to Card and Club. Mm-hmm. But we want 2FA on that email account. So I don't want, you know, me to be the only one, so we have multiple... 2FA connections because I want it secured, but also, you know, it's not something, it's something I need everybody to have access to, or at least a couple of us to have access to, to be able to manage it. Yep. So for those of you who say you can't do it because of that, there is a way. I'll just leave it at that. (laughs) We're not going to tell you how. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Cause it could be dangerous. Yeah. So you don't want to do that except in very specific scenarios, mm-hmm. very specific scenarios, because then it kind of gets away from, you know. Anyhow, what else you All got? Right. That's it. I think that gives everybody enough to to consider. Yeah. So if just, you know what your know. options are, then you can choose the right things. Yeah. But you don't know what you don't know if you're not looking. Right. If nothing else, understand that just moving to the cloud doesn't mean you don't have to do any security and you don't have to do any <laughs> monitoring and you don't have to do any management. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> nah. Still a lot that needs to be done. So get out there and secure your SaaS. That's right. All right, folks, that's our show for today. Thanks for listening and make sure you share us out on your favorite social media site, even if you have to use MFA to get to it. remember for donna myself the hip is not about compliance it's about patient care you've been listening to the help me with hipaa podcast hosted by donna grendel and david sims 
the show created to help you with HIPAA. For more information or to ask us a question, visit our website at helpmewithhipaa.com. Neither Donna Grendo or David Sims are attorneys, and they do not offer binding legal advice concerning regulatory compliance. The information in this podcast should not be relied upon or construed as legal advice in any way. Consult your attorney for legal advice concerning compliance with HIPAA regulations.